Hey, my friends, welcome to Tea Talk with Ty, the podcast that encourages you to take a sip and chat about life, wellness, love, and everything else in between. <laughs> I'm your host and new BFF, Ty Wonder, and I'm cheering you on to greatness. So grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you prefer to sip on, get cozy, and let's chat. Good day. Today on this interview with Tea Talk with Ty, we have Olivia Cookie Pontu, um, and she's going to be giving us us. Oh, let me start that again. <laughs> My coffee clearly has not kicked in. Who Jesus? Good day and welcome to Tea Talk with Ty. I'm your host Ty Wonder, and today we have. Olivia Cookie Pontu that we are interviewing um, on her thoughts of the current situation. Welcome, Cookie. Hello, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I am well. Thank you for for joining me today. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Include your ethnicity and where you're from, and a general location of where you are now. Okay, well, I am, again, Olivia Pontu, everyone calls me Cookie. I am an African-American, a 55-year-old African-American female. I reside in Augusta, Georgia, where I have been um, a little over 40 years by way of the military. Um, My father got stationed here um, in 1979, and so this is where he retired, and where I put down roots. Um, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Don't know much about it. We, I think we moved when I was about three months old uh, to, to somewhere else. Um, both my parents are from Jacksonville, Florida, which I did frequent a lot as a child. But I pretty much live uh, predominantly, you know, most of my life here in Augusta. Awesome, okay. So tell me about what makes your um, experience so heart-wrenching right now oh there's just uh, so many ways I could look at that but I guess first um, really first is just the realization um, that one person um, could have towards another person the, the inhumanity for just humankind, just for a human life, that um, someone, so that people could be so, you know, just so mean and cruel towards each other. Um, You know, that's first and foremost. And then if you break it down a little further, um, you have to come to the realization that there are people that um, don't like other cultures because they're not the same culture. Uh, whether, whether it be their, their race, um, you know, or color or, or their culture. Um, so then we had to look at that. And then um, to go a step further, you know, looking at the fact that I am a mother of four children and, and my oldest is a, is a son, you know, is a, is a male. So um, a lot of what's going on today, especially, um, we're focusing on the inequalities that we see um, against our, you know, our, our black males. And so, yeah, it's been, yeah. Whew, it's been gut-wrenching. Yeah. 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 
have you talked to your son to kind of get his thoughts of um, how he's feeling in this current time with so much going on, especially against our our um, chocolate? You know, I don't I don't right. like saying <laughs> I don't like saying race. You know, if it's, if it's a flavor, we all taste the better. Flavor, okay. um, <laughs> a good one. Um, our dark chocolate. Um, and right, sisters. and there's so many different yeah. varieties. There's dark chocolate, yeah. peanut butter, caramel, pecan tan, <laughs> white chocolate. I mean, vanilla. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> I'm quirky like that. But um, um, so we haven't actually talked about that specifically. Um, mm-hmm. And his wife's in the middle of renovation. She's she's getting ready to open up her own store. So they're knee deep in that. Um, so we haven't really had time to sit down and specifically talk about that. Um, but I do go to his page, his Facebook page, and look at the, you know, the little post or things that he says. And um, he's, he's uh, even had the opportunity to be on um, some broad, um, podcasts, so I've listened to those. Awesome. Um, but he, um, I've never seen him... Um, or his awareness more heightened um, than I have now. He's, um, you know, he's 32 years old. So um, he's lived enough and had enough life experiences um, that he has shared in the past to um, be a recipient, unfortunately, of, of um, you know, unjust um, things that have happened to him. Because mm-hmm. you know, he, because he was, you know, dark chocolate, right? So yeah, so it is affecting. It is affecting him, um, and he's trying to um, work it out um, and and provide a platform for it through um, the best way he can, which is uh, you know awareness through through music and and things of that nature to bring awareness. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, so tell us about your your other children, how they're dealing with the, the current situation. Um, well, my oldest daughter, um, Nyla, lives in L.A. She's been there for about uh, a little over a year. She lives in North Hollywood. Um, well, she doesn't live quite in North Hollywood. She works in North Hollywood. And... Um, mm-hmm. She's a superstar. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. We'll take it. Um, I like to say all my children are superstars. Um, They are. She's she's the one. They are because they have you as a mom. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) She's she's the one we kind of hear from her and Nigel more so. But my other two, they're coming on up. But um, yeah, so Nyla lives there and she's like, um, that was culture shock in in itself. (laughs) moving to LA I I think we all have kind of expectations of what LA might be like um Mm -hmm. and it wasn't what she really thought um um and and, well the area that she's living in you know like well um, there's there's no you know beige and chocolate people here (laughs) the area I'm in um you know so that's been kind of different but um this experience with the um rioting you know that's going on that has kind of thrown her for a loop. They, they did go out and she was video videoing and the national guard was there and uh, patrolling the streets. And, you know, it's, it, it kind of 
you know, you, for me, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, this is the 1960s all over, you know? It is. So, it seems like. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, jars you. Um, but then it really, really hit home to her when I think it was yesterday, <clears throat> her store mm-hmm. that she works at was, uh, you know, made CNN. It was being looted, rioted and looted. And she was sitting there looking at her place of employment being destroyed. So that really hit home. <clears throat> but her voice, um, Nyla <laughs> has always been kind of a <laughs> rebel, you know, with a cause. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so her 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 kind of militant spirit is kind of rising up. She's like, "Hey, I need to get out there. I'm ready to fight, fight, power, fight for the people." And so I'm uh, I'm like, I feel you. I understand. Um, you know, but I, I I have a granddaughter. She has a daughter. I'm like, we you know, Maxie needs her mama. So we're gonna have to find ways that you can get involved that that won't put you in, in, in imminent danger. Um, although I'm saying, you know, we, we, we can't all sit back behind behind the front lines. Somebody does have to be out there on the front lines and do the work. And there there will be some casualties along the way. Um, and, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but nothing that was worth having, you know, came easy and without, and without some loss. So um, I just told her to, to seek her place, seek her lane, what, it, what, what you know, she feels a guy would have her to do and, and, and I, I encourage that for anybody seek your place seek right. your lane what it is that you feel that God would have you to do just like you're having this platform and having mm-hmm. these talks uh, to bring awareness um, you know then, then seek that you know it's not meant for everybody just to, to, to run out there and be in the middle of, uh, of the protest and then the fighting and, and doing all that that's, that's not for everybody so she's right. trying to find her way through this as well. Good, good, good. All right, so that's two. That's two. Well, um, Nayel, Miss Nayel, I think kind of Nayel. <laughs> Nayel is um, almost 21 and she is um, aware of what's going on, but she's kind of in uh, survival mode as far as um, with the COVID situation. And she had mm-hmm. recently. Um, December moved out into her own apartment and uh, was working and then COVID kind of shut things down and so uh, she's kind of in survival mode with with, with, I need to be working in a job and having money so I can keep this apartment (laughs) (laughs) right so that's kind of more more of her focus but 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 she talks about she's like yeah I understand yeah they they I'm, I'm sick of the way they treat people too, you know. So she, she has her yeah. say, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then my youngest and I, um, I actually, so I think, uh, see, I've been to three um, protest demonstrations here of, of, the, of the four that I'm aware of. She went with me um, Monday, um, and it was really we she had uh, appointments and so i said after your first appointment we've got this time frame if it's perfectly we're going to go to this protest and then we'll stay listen to the speakers people share their hearts and when they get ready to start marching probably time for us to leave to go to your next appointment 
Um, and so she she really said, well, why do we have to go? I said, because um, this affects you, it affects our family. Um, it's something that you need to see for yourself um, and be a part of. And so she was a little adamant at first, um, but she really didn't have a choice. So <laughs> um, after we left the uh, first appointment and um, you know, I said, okay, we're going. You know, she was like, okay. So we got there. Um, and she was kind of seeing people, a few people that she knew, you know, she spoke and everything. And we were sitting there and um, listening and they uh, opened it up after a while for anyone that wanted to speak or have something to say. And she looked at me and she said, Mama, I have something to say. Aww. And uh, my heart just dropped. I looked at her and I said, I say, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have something to say and uh, would you know would you go up there with me and of course I jumped at the opportunity to support her and I was like um, okay let's do this so um, what she what she had to say was a little gut-wrenching um, with my oldest son okay so my oldest son is 32 Naya is 16 so that's 16 years difference um, when he got married uh, almost eight years ago, well, that would have made her eight years old. Mm -hmm. So she has not had her brother, you know, in her life, like really actively in her life. Right. Um, and so what she spoke about was not really having a close relationship with her brother and the fact that she's fearful that he may be hurt or killed mm. and that she will not have had the opportunity to really build a relationship with him. Wow. Um, so that, oh yeah. So that took everything within me. So yeah. So I immediately sure. was reaching out to him after that. It's like, look, we, we got to do better. Mm -hmm. And um, just the whole family dynamic uh, of just spending more time together. Um, but your sister is crying out for you that she wants a relationship with you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. Wow. Very, very heartfelt. I'm sure. And what what a brave young lady she is to get up and speak in front of front of others. Yeah. You know about something that is so close and to her heart. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was um, so proud of her. Um, she oftentimes, um, I, I should be kind of used to it by now, but it, it, but it always kind of takes me aback because she is my very uh, introverted, um, can, can just stay in her room and it's perfectly fine for, I mean, for days on end, don't bother anybody. You know, I, I kind of have to make her come out and let's get out the house. Um, but when she is in um, social settings um, and places where there needs leadership needs to be taken or voice needs to be uh, heard, she will step up and she and she'll do it. And sometimes it kind of takes me aback because it's kind of different from the child I see at home. But um, you know, I realize that that's that's what's that is inside of her. And, right. um, and when and when she feels <clears throat> she needs to speak, that, that she will. So I'm very proud of that. Oh, that is really awesome. Oh, I'm proud of her too. Mm -hmm. um, 
I have a, a, a question for you. Okay. Being that your your age, I would it's too early to do too much math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know, my coffee the you know when I was born? Was it black? But but <laughs> you would have been born in the 60s. I was born in 65, 1965. Okay. Mm-hmm. So being... Being a baby of the 60s, where there was so much civil unrest and changes in the nation, mm-hmm. um, how does that make you feel knowing that we're back almost in the same right. place? Right. Hmm. Well, it's kind of, you know, it's very... Um, sad to think that after you know 50 55 years we would find ourselves you know back in this place you know albeit um of course we've made tremendous strides as as a people um but you have to kind of ask yourself is being partly free really free and you know, right. and I say that in the sense of, yeah, we might can go and work along beside you, but in the by working beside you, what are the conditions that I'm subjected to while I'm working there? Mm-hmm. I may be able to be the president of the United States, but what is all of the conditions that I had to face and endure to be the president just because you know, I'm dark. So, so the climate that we're in, um, you know, I I, I really, that's a great question. And and I really can't muster up all, uh, what all I feel about it and how to answer that Mm -hmm. really honestly, Ty. Um, Because, you know. That says a lot in itself, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it just leaves you speechless. It's like, what? You know, after all this time when people can clearly see that everyone has the same abilities, they have proven that, whether it's in the sports arena or corporate America or just or in the home as families, you know, people are all have those abilities and you see that. So are you still telling me are you are you basing your injustices just because of the color of their skin you know what is that saying really about about you and so it's it's sad that the human heart has not evolved as far as um as it should have that right. just this that just decent humanity should be at the forefront and you know, I think, um, (laughs) I just, I just came off of a Facebook encounter with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a white counterpart that loving, a loving, a loving young lady, um, who cannot understand, uh, I say chooses not to understand, cannot understand, um, what white what white privilege is and I was um, and she says because I treat I treat everybody the same I, I think hatred is evil and I and generally I, I, I do believe that about her um, mm-hmm. 
Um, but I said, but you have to understand that given all circumstances, if you're there and I'm there, there's going to be a difference. Um, and just because you're white, you have you have more of an advantage in, in situations and in the job setting. They look at both of us equal, uh, the same. We got the same qualifications and stuff. You're more than right. likely gonna get the job. You're more more than likely, or if we're both there on the job, you're more than likely not gonna get scrutinized and looked at as hard as I am just because you're white. And she could not understand or would not uh, would not um, embrace that embrace that concept. Because she kept making it about just her and how she right. treats people. And I, and I said, you know, baby, this is not just you. We're not talking about you. We're talking about, about a system that is embedded in the DNA of America. And so I'm not talking pointing specifically to you because you have a loving heart. You look at people individually, right. but everybody doesn't do that. And we're not talking about every white person, but she just had a hard time accepting that and embracing that. So I just had to say... Okay, God bless you. You know, moving on. Right. Um, so, um, it's 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 difficult um, to realize um, and and really see. We're seeing a lot of truth now about a lot of people that we called our friends and um, what they're saying and the stances that they're taking. Mm-hmm. So it's opening our eyes to a lot of things, and it's and it's hurtful. Um, but this is this is really a either you're with us or you're not, and there's kind of no middle of the road for this. This is true. There's no middle of the road for it, and it's and it's not a time of, um, you know, I have black friends, I work with black people. It's like okay, that's fine. I got a black person in my family. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's when the rubber meets the road, what are you doing? What are your actions doing? And so I don't think um, they truly understand that being silent, maybe maybe you're not out there actively doing things, but being silent in a time like this, is, it speaks volumes. It's right. Right. Or not correcting those around you. Exactly. And right. Being silent. Not doing it. You're seeing it and not, right. not saying anything. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So I do have those. Um, <laughs> it's it's very ironic. There is a, um, a lady that I met on Facebook um, through, through a uh, mutual daughter. You know, I have many daughters here that live here in Augusta. This is a white lady. Um, that adopted twin um, black children. They're, I think they're almost oh, yeah. 13 years old. It's a boy mm-hmm. and a girl. So they're almost 13 years old. She is, that woman fights for those kids. I'm like, the, like they, like they came out of her loins and she, she made, she's mainly in the educational arena, speaking at mm-hmm. school board and talking about the um, educational disparities. Um, but she lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where all this is happening. And she, um, they have had, you know, to pack, to be ready to possibly have to leave their home and stuff because of all the disrest there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she has always been an, an, an acknowledged, um, you know, white privilege and talks to her, uh, her, her other white counterparts. And so she started a group. Um, a 
of, of white people to discuss that and how they can be here for us. And so um, I was invited to the group, um, you know, as a resource and, and, and just to get an understanding of when they certain th say certain things or don't say certain things, how does that affect us and what does it look like to us so that they can do better. And so I invited the young lady that I was speaking with earlier. I said, I'm a part of this group. Uh, you know, would you like to join? And, and, and she declined. And she said she didn't need to be a part of a white group talking about white things, you know. Uh, and I said, okay, that's, and that's part of the problem because you don't want to acknowledge that there is a problem. And, and things like that, when people take that stance that they don't want to um, learn how they could be a solution. And again, I don't think that she would actively go out and uh, say anything harmful about a person of color. Mm -hmm. um, she, she, she might even speak up if she sees an injustice, I, I believe she might even she might even speak up. But to get her to understand um, systemically how it affects us and, and how to uh, speak up on our behalf, um, that's what I'm trying to get her to understand. Right. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's amazing that even with everything being so open now everything is online like you can't miss it unless you're under a rock and refuse to open up the, right. the phone computer tv right. you can't help it but it's it amazes me that people still some people still can't understand the the racism that is occurring every day mm -hmm. you know how they can't understand that there is a such thing as privilege, regardless of if it makes sense to you or not, because it, it doesn't make sense to most people. Right. But whether it makes sense to you or not, it exists. Um, and uh, I've, I saw a post and I giggled and it said, if you if this doesn't make sense to you, check your privilege. You know, and I couldn't help but giggle because it was it was true. I can't remember what it was saying. It was just a check your privilege that tickled me. But um I, the, the one thing that I, that makes me incredibly sad, yet happy at the same time, as ironic as it's going to sound, is that a lot of the racism is more open now. Exactly. You know, every day it seems like I open Facebook and I see where someone has said something so super offensive. And a lot of time they're business owners. Mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, we're, mm -hmm. we're taking note of you know what you're saying like there was a, a guy here in charlotte that was using the n-words um and he was a vanilla variety and mm -hmm. saying you know ends will be ends um there was um a, i can't remember where she was somewhere and the term she used was uh, the blacks and they need to go back to the, the ghetto or something like that yeah. instead of oh. right instead of protesting and, and it was just like whoa you know it's things that that take your breath away that you don't you're not even realizing that first of all everyone that is protesting is not looting 
Um, exactly. Everyone that is protesting is not trying to tear things up or steal things. Exactly. They're just trying to get their voice heard. Um, and everyone that's protesting is not is not chocolate. Right. You know. Right. So. The pictures I see, there's a sea of different flavors. Exactly. And almost every picture I've seen. Exactly. And, you know, of course, unfortunately, it goes without saying that some of those that are looting are also different varieties of flavors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to not understand the point of why people are protesting, knowing that this has been a big part of our history. We've been here before. We've had to protest before. People have had to be arrested because of protesting before just to get basic human rights, um, to be able to sit in a restaurant or go to the same school or drink out of the same water fountain or use the same bathroom. We've been here before. How do you not understand that this has nothing to do with inciting violence and everything to do with inciting change you know i don't i don't get it yeah yeah and again i think it is more so of and i'm just (laughs) so i had someone um on the same commentary that i was just speaking about um reach out to the young lady and said you know please just breathe and try to listen to what she's saying and this is another white person speaking to her and um and it, it, uh, try to understand her truth, my truth. And again, she comes back with, you know, she's she's not dis- discounting my experience or anything. She understands, right. she already understands human suffering and she doesn't need protesters to teach her right from wrong. She's taking it again, just very personal about her, her only, only her experience. And so um, I just said, I left her with this, you know, to, to, to your other young lady. I said, you know, there's none so blind as to those who will not see. So it's not a matter of not seeing or, or not understanding. I think it's a matter of not wanting to acknowledge and not wanting to have to do the work to acknowledge that you've had a part in it some way or shape or form. Right. And and that that holds you accountable. It holds you accountable to be a part of the change when you acknowledge that, yes, I had something to do with that. And some people just don't want to go there. They don't want to go there. I almost feel like at this point, we all have an obligation to be part of the change. You know, whether it's just um, letting people know we we hear you. Like I've had many of my vanilla friends have reached out to me, um, some publicly, some privately, and just say, hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. Let me know. What can I do? How can I help? You know, and understanding the fact that they're on the other side, but not wanting to see people that they know and love hurting or be fearful, um, you know, and I, I tell them all pretty much the same thing. Like you're doing it. The fact that you will say, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. I understand, you know, I'm praying for you. Like it's going to take all of us 
taking responsibility for our actions, our thoughts, you know, and Mm -hmm. coming together for us to fix this, you know? Right. Exactly. It takes everybody's part, even, even from, um, you know, on the, on, on the black side, uh, I'm sorry, the chocolate side, um, we cannot, (laughs) you're fine. That's just me. We cannot, um, we cannot put all of the work and responsibility on, on them because, and we cannot use it, use it as an excuse to be, um, violent. Yes, we we can be angry. You know, we can be angry. have to go biblical you know the bible says be angry but sin not so we can be angry right we can use our voices but it does not give us the right to lash out to hurt innocent people to um destroy property you know i don't i don't i don't believe it gives us that right um um but honestly in all of it people say you know that's that's not right they're doing that and i, and I said you know you, that you right it is not right but i understand I understand, right? Um, you know, you get tired. It's like enough. It's right. enough. It's enough. And you know, uh, somebody—I um, can't remember his name—but he posted um, an apology. It, it was a, um, a white man, and I'm not sure if he is a somebody famous or not. But he had posted an apology, saying that he was sorry. That when Colin uh, Colin Kaepernick kneeled, how he was just so against it, and that he, how he, I uh, saw that. Did you see that? And yeah, that was powerful. It was very powerful, and and that is our point that we have tried to kneel peacefully. We've tried to be Mm -hmm. peaceful. We've tried to just come and talk to y'all, and none of Mm -hmm. it. It was always flipped on us that we were being unpatriotic or we were wrong. So it's got right. to the point where, look, you know, we might have to pick right. up to get y'all's attention. You know what I'm saying? So um, right. sometimes it, it does take a by any means necessary approach. I would never say come straight out the gate doing that. Never. Right. Try to be try to be civil. Try to use reason. Um, but if you back somebody up in a corner, they're going to come out swinging, you know? Right, right. I saw um, someone posted an African proverb that said, uh, "A child, a child that um, basically saying a child that never got the warmth it needed from the the love it needed from its community will burn the village down to feel its warmth." Oh wow, wow! And I was like, wow. Deep. Wow. You know, because it 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 because there's basic human needs that we have, and if we can't get it one way, right, we don't try to get it get it another way, right, right. And I had uh, in another interview, I had a discussion with a young lady who um, grew up in in um, California, and I said I feel like I feel like there's a difference in the rage and anger. Um, depending on where you're located because mm-hmm. there of course there's millions of peaceful protests mm-hmm. but in certain cities like it's it's rage especially LA mm-hmm. you know and I, mm-hmm. I mentioned to her I said I feel like a lot of the rage and anger in LA is because they've they I don't want to say they started it but they kind of started to where it was 
open to the public with Rodney King. You right, know, so they've right. been here so many times. Right. And here it's we are. Again. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Right. Right. I'm, Not saying it's right, but right. just saying, like, I think right. that is a lot Part of, of why you're seeing so mm-hmm. much rage in certain places. And then in other places, everything is just so peaceful. Right. Um, right. You know, and and it was crazy. She, um, again, she was of the vanilla variety. She was Googling Rodney King. She said, I'd never heard of Rodney King before. Oh, my goodness. Which spun, right, which spun another conversation of how if certain things don't affect you, you don't pay attention to it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, so and, then, and so then you can't understand where that person is coming from because it has not right. been you. Right. Right. And that, and then that, of course, spun on another conversation of thinking that's another way we can um, help come together is realize that, hey, there's a lot going on that maybe you didn't pay attention to because it didn't concern you. But in essence, it concerns us all. So now you have to wake up and pay attention. And she was mentioning to me how she was listening to another podcast where someone was saying, um, we're uncomfortable right now, but we're not, th- this country is not going to come together and heal or fix anything until we all get extremely uncomfortable. And that's where we are. So hopefully, right. you know, things will change, right. you know, and it was, it was those, it was those aha moments. And I love, um, I'm really glad I decided to do these interviews because even even just the conversations between the two of us you can hear those light bulbs go mm-hmm. off in a different way that we didn't think or mm-hmm. you know something that we didn't know because everyone comes from different walks of life we have mm-hmm. different you know thoughts and opinions and experiences exactly and if we don't come together you know who knows how long all of this is going to you know occur right. you know and and you know this is my small way of trying to say hey we can all come together i've had you know I'm trying to have a little bit of everyone to come on and just you know tell me how you feel mm-hmm. how tell me what your your thoughts are because if we don't if we don't have that open dialogue um around the board right. then we're still doing the same thing that caused us to be here in the first place place again and that that is paramount one of the um things i will be um meeting with with some people um i think i think it's sunday coming up but Mm -hmm. um when when i when i i spoke after after um naya um spoke um i i had something to say i had something to say the day before but i didn't take the opportunity and i said God, if you open up the door for me to uh, speak my heart, I, I will. And so after mm-hmm. I spoke, you know, when I was right there, I had the opportunity. So what, what I wanted to um, really want people to see that the protesting and the marches and the rallies and all that is good, but then what comes afterwards? What comes afterwards? Right. So in order right. to, um, you know, affect change, we've got to put people... In positions of influence, that power, people of, of influence that look like us, you know, in places of power. So we've got to get out right. to the polls. We've got to know our candidates. We've got to know who has our best interest at heart. Um, so locally, 
and then the, those that we send into the legislature that are making the laws that are affecting us. So, so that education is is key. That we've got to talk to talk 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 and have um, dialogue with and and have forums where we're educating people and saying this is what we've got to do afterwards. This is the next step. You marched, you protested, and then you went home. You know that's not that's not going to change anything. So um, I want people to really be cautious of thinking that um, just having these demonstrations is enough. That they have to right. do, continue to do the work you know, afterwards. And that includes, again, having discussions and dialogue with not only people of other races and color, but people within your, in your own culture and own race about what are you doing to perpetuate the problem or right. to perpetuate some results, positive results. So there's just got right. to be a lot of um, dialogue, there's got to be um, education, there's got to be a lot of willingness to understand the other's perspective. And, um, right. uh, you know, I'm just hopeful that if I don't see the change in my lifetime that as my grandkids are, are older that they will they will benefit right. from the change that we put in progress right now i do have another question for you so i'm kind of asking everyone to get their their thoughts and it especially with you um being a um a child of a veteran mm-hmm. um Can you tell me what your thoughts were originally of Kaepernick's stand and what do you think about them now? Oh, I was with him all the way um, because I knew where he was coming from. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew that this was not um, a a slam or a bash on veterans, but he was kneeling because he believed in what the veterans had done, which was... um, standing in the gap and fighting for our everyone's right to freedom, mm-hmm. justice, and liberty. So mm-hmm. the, the, the kneeling was a peaceful way to say, the flag um, is waving, they're playing the Star Spangled Banner, but it is not representing everyone in the United States. Right. So people, you need to see that, that what they fought for and stood for, you all are not doing it. Right. And so I agreed with him then. I agree with him more more so now. I have my moments where I don't stand at the national anthem. Or if I mm-hmm. do stand, I don't place my hand over my heart because it's not an oath that I believe is truthful. And mm-hmm. when... Um, and if I say it and I get to the end, um, what is it? I feel like the United States of America, for which it stands, one nation under God with no liberty and no justice for all, is what I say. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. And my father is a, you know, a, a 20 plus year, year, year veteran. And we've had that when we've had the conversation and he understands and he's, and he's not offended by it. Um, because again, 
I never, I never thought that his intent was to um, dishonor um, veterans. I, I, I knew, I knew right. what it was about. I knew what it was about. And I think, you know, and that's that's the problem again. People are so quick to just look at the surface and put their feelings immediately into it that they're not looking at the deeper root issue of what is trying to be said. Right. And so, you know, we get him being reprimanded for that and athletes being, you know, fired and things. We're just just trying to say, look, y'all, listen, we're, we're being treated unfairly. And this is the America that says we're all supposed to be treated fairly, but it's not happening. Right. So, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a tough one, um, especially being a veteran. It's like you, mm-hmm. it tugs at your heart because mm-hmm. I understood immediately, you know, Kaepernick's stand. Well, I won't say immediately. At first, I was like, why is he kneeling? Like, that could be low-key disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I did some research and, you know, realized where he was coming from mm-hmm. um, and that it was actually a veteran that said, hey, take a knee instead of sitting mm-hmm. on the bench, which is what he was originally doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of those things that, as a veteran, like it's, it's tough because I can't not stand. I cannot put my hand over my heart, but at the same time, it's like, how is it a country that you love so much? You've literally risked your life for and put your life on the line, your life on hold, you know, they, some, you know, the wrong person, the wrong police officer is not going to see that. Exactly. They're not going to see that, you you know, stamped on your life. Right. right. They don't, they don't understand that because that to protect and serve that, that oath that you give most of the majority of us, like we can't let that go, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's sad to think that, you know, the wrong person, they wouldn't even see that. That right. wouldn't even matter to them, right. you know? Right. It's okay. extremely hard. Yeah. So we've got well, a lot of work to do. We to really do. We really do. Well, I don't have any more questions for you. If you have any more thoughts, feel free to share. Um, again, I'm just... Um, thank you for the opportunity to um, come on and speak and share and thank you for what you're doing Um, I just hope that the listeners just really take to heart um, the part and role that they play in what's going to happen in the future Um, you have a living breathing opportunity to affect change so I hope that everyone just takes that very seriously into heart and um, do what they need to do. And it's, and it's not going to be easy. And like you said, it's going to be, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, right. And, but you just need to go ahead and uh, do what you got to do. You got to do right. if you If you're, if you're satisfied with the way things are, then, you know, sit down and shut up. But if you want to see change, then you got to get up and do the work. Right. Right. So true. 
Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I truly enjoyed our conversation. That's good. A whole lot of other stuff that we didn't quite get time to get to. <laughs> time flies. Yeah. Having fun. Okay. <laughs> like they say. It's okay. Hey, we made it happen. That's all that matters. Yeah, we made it happen. <laughs> I had a few challenges, but we got it done. <laughs> but thank you so very much for joining me. Um, thank you for sharing your stories, especially about all of your beautiful babies. I'll be keeping you and them in my prayers every day. And um, until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me this week on Tea Talk with Ty. I would love to connect with you. I am on all social media platforms at I am Ty Wonder and online at tywonder.guru. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave me a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week. Started Tea Talk with Ty. I was so nervous of how to make it all work. But let me tell you about the program that made it so easy for me. It was Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's absolutely the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free 99. You can't beat free 99. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Did I mention you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership? What? It's everything you need to make a podcast in absolutely one place. So take that leap, start that podcast, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.